0: Welcome to the Undaunted Brotherhood Podcast, a ministry of FPC of Paris, where we will be discussing not only what it is to be a man, but to be a godly man in this 21st century. I'm your host, Pastor Chad McQueen. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Undaunted Brotherhood Podcast. We have officially made it to episode five. Woot woot!
1: Episode five. It's about time.
0: We have myself, Chad McQueen, and then my brother and our co-host, Travis McQueen. Thankful for his hard work that he puts into doing this and his push and drive, uh, because it would not be near what it is today without him. He is definitely the driving force behind the Undaunted Brotherhood podcast. He's blushing right now. You just can't see it.
1: I wasn't prepared to say anything nice. uh. (laughs) Uh,
0: Our last two episodes, if you were able to listen to them, were a little bit different. Uh, We had a discussion with uh, Ron White that was broken up over two episodes, and we appreciate him coming on and being with us. Uh, But this week, we're going to try to get back to something a little more normal here. And so today's episode, we are going to talk about or discuss about being godly husbands. Now, let me put out a disclaimer there. We're not the most qualified to speak on this subject, but I, myself, I've been married almost 19 years. And uh, Travis, how long have you been married?
1: I'm working on seven, and I strive for perfection. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: perfectionist Travis. Uh, But uh, so we've got a few years under our belt. And like I said, we don't have all the answers, but we can just speak from our own experiences and what we believe the Word of God teaches us. And so with the help of the Lord today, we are going to try to talk about what it is to be a godly husband. Again, as I am talking about this subject, this does not mean by no means that I have a perfect godly husband bag of attributes that I carry in my pocket. I'm not the perfect husband, I have not done everything right, and I do not want anyone to leave this podcast thinking that I am acting like I know it all because I do not. But what I can tell you is that I love my wife and 98% of the time I think she loves me. There is probably a little bit of time where I aggravate her so bad that she wants to kill me. But nevertheless, we're going on 19 years and I love her more today than I've ever loved her. And uh, it's not always been tiptoes through the tulips as one song songwriter wrote. Song rotor. Yeah, song rotor. Yeah, we're going to leave that in just so you can hear that I'm human. Uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, it has been well worth the journey, and I'm thankful to be on it with my wife and I. We have raised a great family. We're part of a great church and God's doing great things, and we're glad to be a part of it. And I know Travis feels the same way about his sweet wife. And uh, they've been married almost seven years. Uh, They're working on a complete family. I think they need to have a few more boys. To no, they need a few more babies. And uh,
1: we're gonna be we're striving for perfection. <laughs> and uh, I learned from a brotherly experience <laughs> to cut it off at two. <laughs>
0: cut it off <laughs> at two. Well, can't win and be a quitter at the same time. That's all I know. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we're we're gonna talk about being godly husband. So, it's time to define what it is to be a godly husband.
1: All right, according to the dictionary of Travis, the word godly is defined as to do something in a way God would. That is so
0: deep. That is oh. just revelatory. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. And
1: uh <laughs> um um the the word husband in the same dictionary of Travis <laughs> Uh, is defined as the male portion of a marriage.
0: The male portion of a marriage. Uh, that Hey, in the 21st century, I like the book of Travis or whatever we're calling that, the dictionary of Travis. I like the way he defines husband, the male portion of a marriage.
1: Right. Just to be
0: clear. All right. <laughs> Just to be clear. That's right. That's right. And so moving on, uh what's the real definition from Google if if Google is a uh, I don't know what happened to Webster's and all of that, but we are now a Google it's, generation. It's just easier to so, type it in the
1: Google. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's easier than type take the book off the shelf and blow yep. the dust off the pages, but uh what does the word godly mean per Google?
1: Godly is defined as devoutly religious or pious. That's a big word. It's actually not real big, but it's uh one maybe needing to be explained.
0: It may have a little weight to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, so Chad, why don't you define that for us? Pious. The word pious. Can you tell us what that means?
0: Uh, not after you've just searched <laughs> it up, and, so you can chop me up on here. No, I, I don't. I don't quite to do that.
1: All right. So the word the word pious is means uh, devoutly religious. I think that's what it said. Um, yes, that's what it said. Okay, So it means devoutly religious. Um, The word husband is a married man considered in a relation to his spouse. And that's per Google. It does per say a man.
0: <laughs> All right. A man. Imagine that. A married man is the husband. All right. If you're picking up what we're putting down, it's still good to be a man and a woman in a marriage All right, Ephesians 5 and 25 through 29 is where we're going to start today. Go ahead, Travis.
1: Um, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church.
0: All right, this verse tells us exactly how to be a husband according to the word of God. It tells us to use the example of how Christ loved the church. So how does Christ love the church?
1: Well, according to the scripture, it says that he loved, he gave himself, and he sanctified and cleansed. it.
0: All right. And how did he love?
1: The Bible says in Mark chapter 10, 44 and 45, it says, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life for ransom for many. So I would say that, for one, he became a servant to the people. He taught, and he he spent his life working to help others. All right. So he was the leader, but he also was the, he was taking care of others. He was serving others. He was serving others. Although he was the head, he was still serving Yeah, he's others. the boss man but he's taking care of his people. So as a husband,
0: as a husband, we are the spiritual head of our home. Yep, we're the but leader, we're not but the, we're going we to... Don't, we don't live a life of the Lord and ruler of our home as much as we still should, should still serve our wife and our family. We're not above doing the things. Uh, I think the church sometimes gets a bad rap in the way that when you think of, when you talk about the spiritual head of the home and stuff, you're like, well, I'm not going to have no man rule over me. It's not about ruling over with an iron fist, but it's being the spiritual head. But the example that God gave us, that Jesus Christ gave us, was that he was the head, but he was still one to serve. And so that we should take that role as being a godly husband. We need to be able to serve our wives and our family.
1: Yep. And, uh, yeah, just lead, he led by example. And we'll yeah. get to that in a little bit. But...
0: Absolutely. Uh, he's faithful. Uh faithful. He was faithful. Uh, so, uh, a man of God, or excuse me, a godly husband has to be one who is faithful as well. Hebrews 11 and six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He must be faithful. A godly husband must be faithful in all ways, in all the ways of God. He should be faithful to the house of God. He should be faithful to his wife. He should be faithful to his employment. He should be faithful to all things that as a man he has committed to. Basically, if you've given your word that you're going to be committed to something, be faithful to that. Don't stop halfway. In marriage, as a husband, we don't just quit. We don't have the opportunity to just say, well, I'm done here, honey. I'm going to find a new one just because we have a bad month or we have a bad couple of weeks. No, we're faithful to the end. We vowed a vow. We're sticking with it. My wife is going to be the wife that I have from here until the end. Uh, Habakkuk 2 and 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. As godly husbands, faithfulness must be part of our everyday life. His motives, meaning Jesus, were pure.
1: All right, so the next point, um, so that was how he loved us. or That's how he loved his church. The next point was, uh, he gave himself. So how did he give himself? Well, again, he made himself a servant to teach and lead by, and he led by example. So he led the people. Um, and also he gave his life literally, literally gave his life. So he, he gave his life. Yes. That does not mean that you have to give your life.
0: Yeah, you don't have to go and die for her. Uh, not saying that you wouldn't. Not Yeah, not that you wouldn't, but it's not something that you got to go say, well, I love her so much, I'm going to go and let this happen. Don't plan on it. Yeah, but give your life to her, support her, love her. Maybe you might
1: give something up for her.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: You may have a... Um, You may have a hobby that is taking up too much time, and it's... uh,
0: As long as she's not against fishing, we're good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, if if you do have something that's maybe taking over higher priority, you might need to give that up. That may be something that you need to give up.
0: Yeah, you can't place things... There's nothing more important after God than your wife in your life, in my opinion. Uh, We said it before in podcast. It goes, God, our wife, our children and then everything else comes after that in my opinion i believe that's the that is the ladder of importance in our life and so if my wife is feeling neglected if she's feeling like she's been put on the back burner it, it it's it's me it's up to me to fix what it is that i'm doing that's causing her to feel that way uh i need to i need to care for her i need to protect her i need to love her i need to cherish her i need to do all of these things she is an important asset in my life. She's an important part of me. She's not just an asset. I shouldn't say that, but she's a part of me. She is a part of me. We become one. The Bible yep. tells us that we become yep. one. And so, I've got to do all I can to make her feel loved, cherished, adored, uh, and also that she knows that I'm not going to like give my life for her on purpose, but if I had to, that I would I would I would step in front of a car for my wife. I would push her out of the way and try to save her and at the risk of hurting myself. I mean, I'm not Superman, but I would do my best. Even on days where she's mad at me. Or even on days where I'm aggravated with her because yep. this yep. is the real world and there's days like that. So yep. Still
1: protect her, though. Yeah,
0: still protect her, still love her.
1: All right. Um, how did he sanctify and cleanse?
0: Well, the Bible says, by washing of water... By the Word. So, as husbands, when we daily apply the Word of God to our lives and we allow the Word of God to wash us clean, we are providing an example to our wives that they too can use the Word of God daily to cleanse their lives so that they also can present themselves to God without spot or blemish. So, using that, I would like to just summarize that and to say that we should lead by example. We're washing ourselves with the water of the word daily daily, yep. so our wives are seeing that they're 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 taking on that same trait they're they're applying the Word of God to their life, remaining clear, remaining clean, and so we should lead by example, and there's a there's a few ways that we can lead by example that we want to share with you today uh The first one is is that we need to be honest men to be a good godly husband we've got to find a way to be honest, yeah as men. We know that we should strive to be honest in all things. Now, that being said, as men in the 21st century, honesty is not always practiced to its fullest extent. But the good news is that our goal for this podcast, and hopefully the goals of all of you that are listening, is that we're not just striving to be men, but we're striving to be godly men in the 21st century. You see what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) So So we show... to strive, so we should, excuse me, we should strive to be honest in all of the aspects of our life. We should be honest first and foremost to God. We should be honest to our wives. I can't think of many reasons at all not to be open and honest about all the details of my life with my wife.
1: That there's, There should be no reason. I mean... If there is, there's something wrong. Yeah,
0: there, I should hide nothing from my wife. Except now, there, for
1: her birthday presents. Well... And those are difficult. My
0: wife normally knows what those are before her birthday gets here. Uh, but there are some things. Uh, let me just say that there are some things that I may know or that I may deal with in my role that I use that I keep from my wife to protect my wife from being hurt, from being hardened, from being uh, from maybe undue due stress. Uh, but other than that, I can't think of. And if she come up and ask me, hey, what's the situation with this? I don't know how I don't tell her.
1: Well, that's not, that's still being honest. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Still being honest. You're not lying to her. Yeah,
0: I'm not lying to her. I'm not hiding things from her. I'm not being uh, closed off to her. Uh, Like I said a minute ago, she is a part of me. The word of God teaches that the husband and wife become one. Uh, In saying that, I'll go on to say that we don't have her money and my money. We don't have her bills and my bills. We don't have anything that is hers and anything that is mine, but everything we have is ours. Ours. Uh, so that goes for troubles. That goes for shortcomings. That goes from addic- to addictions, to joys, excitements, everything. As godly husbands, as godly men uh, striving to be godly husbands, we've got to continue maintaining honesty with our wife in all areas. Even when it's areas that we are ashamed of or not pleased with, we have to be open and honest with her. She was created to be our meet, but how can she help if we never let her know what we are dealing with? Yep. As men, sometimes it's very easy to bottle things up and say, hey, I, I, I want to keep this in. I'm going to work on this on myself.
1: Yeah, because you feel feel you're you're strong and you have strength so you feel like you don't need help you yeah do or yourself. we don't
0: want or we don't want to let someone know that we are not strong enough to handle a situation or we're we, struggling in general exactly and so but god created a helpmate for us in woman and wife and so
1: in woman in
0: woman <laughs> uh so i think it's important that we are open with her and that we ask her for help when we need help and and that we let her in to know when we're struggling or things that we're dealing with because it's important that she's a part of our life. She knows, and it's important for her to help us. It may
1: be hard to do that sometimes, but it's definitely the best way to do it.
0: Yes. Because like,
1: you do feel you do feel like you don't need help. It's like a barrier that you have yeah. to
0: break down as a man or an outer shell that you have to break down and say, hey,
1: I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on really my that's, own. Really, that's... Uh, that's that's actually something uh, to do with God too. I mean, you had to humble yourself and say, "I yeah. hey, I can't do this." Yeah, I need I'm your my help. Own. I need that, help.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: And that that's that's something that needs to be done. It does for every man.
0: Every man needs to humble himself before a holy God. Yep. All right. The next example that we can give, or the next trait we can give for being an example We're leading by example. for leading by example i'm sorry i got all twisted up there for a second but a godly husband loves god's word as godly husbands we need to also be in love with the word of god as much as we love anything else in this world uh, we should be men that have a daily relationship with it we should read it we should discuss it we should meditate on it we should allow it to lead us we should allow it to shape us to reproof us and better us so that we can be the godly husbands that we are called to be. The Bible
1: says in Psalms 119 and 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee.
0: When we stay in the word of God, it brings order, it brings structure, it brings vision, and it brings conviction into our hearts, minds, souls, and lives. We need to be able to say like the psalmist in Psalms 119 and 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all, all the day. day. A godly husband has a love for the word of God as well as the things of God.
1: Yep. So read your Bibles. Read your Bibles.
0: All right. The next trait of or an example that we can be to our, to our wives as a godly husband is that a godly husband, he is content. In First Timothy 6 and 6, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. A godly husband is content. He's not one that's always searching for, reaching for, or looking for something better. He doesn't always have to have the newest, the fastest, or the shiniest of things. And that applies to more than just your job, your cars, your clothes, your gun, and your, your wife, your house, or anything else. If a godly husband finds himself lacking contentment anywhere, it should be in his walk with God, because there is nothing wrong with finding yourself not satisfied where you are spiritually. In fact, I think if a man is satisfied and complacent with his walk with God, that he may need to run back to the altar where he found that and stay there until he has his fire blazing in his soul again for a living for God, because we can't be satisfied, we can't be complacent with where we are in God because we should daily be striving to grow more in Him because when we're growing in God... you're never going
1: to know it all, you're never going to be the best, you're never going to be perfect. That's right. That's, uh, and the, that's the whole the, point, the, we're the, trying to perfect ourselves. The
0: more that we are growing in God, the better of a godly husband that we can be yeah. because the closer to God I am, the more that I'm going to walk in His, His path and His righteousness and that's going to make everything else in my life better. And so the more that I can be close to the closer that I can be to God is going to make me the better godly husband that I need to be and that I'm striving to be, and that my wife desires for me to be. Yeah. All right, the next trait. He is patient. He is patient.
1: In James chapter one, two through four, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing.
0: This is one that is not always the easiest qualities or traits to exemplify.
1: Well, I, I tell you, when I'm at work, I have to have patience. You know, I get start to get aggravated and I tell myself all the time, no. It's all right. This is your job. This is w- what we're supposed W-J-D. to be doing. WWJD. Exactly. What would, what Jesus, would Jesus do?
0: do? Yeah. So uh,
1: put a smile on your face. and You have to do that do at
0: work. It. I have to do that at home sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, as men, we have, I think it's a natural instinct, uh, but we have something inside of us that causes us, we want to react. But we have got to remember that we are called to a higher calling. We are called to be the spiritual leaders of our homes, so we must be careful to not act too swiftly in a response or to lash out when something doesn't go the way that we think it should. Ecclesiastes 7 and 9 in the New Living Translation says, Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Yep. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. A godly husband has got to figure out a way that he can practice patience in his life. Because when we don't, when we don't practice patience, we get ourselves into bigger trouble, for lack of a better term, than what we even dreamed of. Because we've popped off, we've said something, we've reacted, we've hurt, we've hurt our wife's feelings, we've. We've made, we've brought shame or reproach to our home because of the way that we handled ourselves because we lost our patience. Yeah. So we need to strive to have patience. Now, my grandfather, Bishop Holly, he said all the time, never pray for patience because when you start praying for patience, that's when things are going to start happening. I'm Not saying he was wrong, but I don't know if that's the best way to handle that situation because as a godly husband, we need to have patience so we don't cause more destruction then we do blessing, I guess, or good in our lives, in our wife's lives. Because if we're impatient and we're losing it and we're snapping sometimes, it's not going to create the best relationship experiences. Yep, just be patient. The next thing that we need to be an example in, as godly husbands, we should strive to live a life of righteousness. While we do our best to live a sin-free life, We are being the godly example to our wives and our children. Righteousness living will set you on the right path to cause you to make the right decision regarding situations that others may be tempted to make the wrong one. For example, if you're following a righteous path or you're trying to live a righteous life, when you are tempted or you're put in a a spot to be tempted, To cheat on your spouse, you don't give in to that temptation. When you're given the opportunity to cheat on a debt that you owe, you don't take that temptation. When you're given the opportunity to to not be honest when asked or faced with a difficult question or circumstances, you don't choose to take that option. But a godly husband strives to pursue a righteous life at all times whether it's in the public eye or when it's behind closed doors. Lots of men in our world today struggle when they're not in the public eye, when they're behind closed doors. They battle with things. They battle with addiction. They battle with pornography. They battle with drug use. They battle with depression. They battle with anxieties. But when they're out in front of everybody, they look like they got it together. But righteousness, when you pursue righteousness, it'll help you in those times that you are by yourself. It'll give you strength. It'll it'll it's 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 a principle, if that's the right word to say. But there's something inside of you when you're striving to live a life of righteousness that you hold yourself to a higher standard, that you hold yourself to a, a whole nother level of being a better person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So. Living a life of righteousness does not bring condemnation to your wife and your family, but instead it brings blessing and favor when the world see that you are not some swindler or cheat, for lack of better term. Pursuing righteousness is just another way to not only draw closer to the master, but it's also a way to show that you are loving your wife the same way that Christ loved his church.
1: And that's the way we're supposed to be godly husbands.
0: That's right that sums it up. Does that answer all the questions of being a godly husband? Probably not. Probably not. But t- today that is what we have for you. Uh I hope this has been a blessing to you.
1: We hope we uh fix your marriage.
0: Yeah. If if we tear <laughs> it up, please don't tell us on the on the reel though. Thank you for listening to us. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Again, uh hit the subscribe button, the like button. Whatever you do on podcast, share Leave a it, comment. Leave a comment. Tell people about it.
1: Let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. If it's bad, you can tell us like in a text message. Don't leave us no bad reviews if you can help it. But if you want to, hey, this is real. If
1: it feels like a must, go ahead.
0: Yeah, we're not scared. So we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us for episode five. Of the Undaunted Brotherhood podcast, a ministry of First Pentecostal Church of Paris. God bless you. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. We're out.